Greetings. This is Phil St. Romain. Thank you for tuning in to my Awaken podcast channel. We hear many people today say that they are spiritual but not religious. What does this mean? And what are the implications and consequences? That's what this podcast is about. If you enjoy this work, please support our ministry with a tax-deductible donation. See the payment link on my website, shalomplace.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-M-P-L-A-C-E dot com. Thank you for your consideration. And now, our podcast. I first heard the term, I'm spiritual but not religious, when I was an alcohol and drug abuse counselor in the 1980s. During that time, I met many people who were into 12-step spirituality, especially that of Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon, and those groups functioned for them as their spiritual home. Some of them had been involved in religion, but some had not. And so for them, spirituality was found in the 12-step groups. Later, I met people who were identifying themselves as into the New Age. They pursued a variety of different spiritual traditions in their journey. That was my early introduction to the phrase, spiritual but not religious. There's definitely been a decline in formal affiliation with religions in the United States, and that's been well documented through a variety of surveys. For example, in a Gallup poll from April 2019, 70% of Americans were regular churchgoers in 1999, and now that figure is 50%. So that's quite a decline. It was as high as 76% in 1948. People with no religious preference were 8% in the year 2000, 19% in 2019, the so-called nons, people with no particular religious preference. Americans now have more confidence in the military small businesses, and police than they do in organized religion. So something's going on. As the Gallup poll notes, the rate of U.S. church membership has declined sharply in the past two decades after being relatively stable in the six decades before that. A sharp increase in the proportion of the population with no religious affiliation, a decline in church membership among those who do have a religious preference, and low levels of church membership among millennials are all contributing to the accelerating trend. So what's going on here? Let's define our terms. What do we mean by religion and spiritual? Webster defines religion as a personal set or institutional system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. So it can be personal, You can have a a set of religious beliefs, but largely, uh, for many people, this means institutional. Spiritual is defined as of or relating to sacred matters, concerned with religious values. So there's an obvious relationship between religion and spirituality, at least in terms of formal definitions. But I think what's happened is the terms have come to mean something different. Religion in the general sense has come to mean traditions of wisdom and worship that inform spirituality. 
specifically the world great religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, and lesser ones as well. Within each religion, there are subdivisions or sects that one generally feels drawn to more than others. These religions shape our spiritual development through their teachings and practices. Religion in this sense refers to an outer kind of a movement, exoteric as some people might call it. Spirituality in a general sense, as we speak of it today more and more, means waking up, cultivating our inner life, the pursuit of meaning. Spirituality recognizes that everyone has a spiritual consciousness, that we are all naturally oriented to wonder about ultimate issues and to seek meaning beyond fulfilling our physical desires or psychological needs. We're drawn to engage the deep questions, to be loved without reserve, to discover our deepest and truest identity. Everyone has that. A Psychology Today blog post by Larry Culliford in March 2011 put it this way, It's possible to look at spirituality another way, as something free of institutional structures and hierarchies, not so much about dogma and beliefs as about attitudes, values, and practices, about motivates you at the deepest level, influencing how you think and behave, helping you to find a true and useful place in your community, culture, and in the world. And increasingly, what people are saying is they can do this without being part of a religious tradition. Hence, they can be spiritual, but not religious. Let's look at different ways that religion and spirituality might interact then. If, just for purposes of this discussion, and I think we can make the case that it's a valid way to approach it, we refer to religion as more of the external formative influence. We can, we can put religion on one end of the scale and spirituality on the other end. So let's, let's put it on a continuum then. With religion on the left side, spirituality on the right, it's a continuum. All the way on the left would be referring to external influence, all the way on the right to internal influence. And you have a lot of different possibilities along the line from religion to spiritual. And for purposes of this discussion, too, I'm going to denote four particular place marks on that continuum. Number one is religious but not spiritual. Number two is religious and spiritual. Number three, religious leanings and spiritual leanings. Number four, spiritual but not religious. So let's look at these four points. Point number one is all the way on the left side, religious but not spiritual. This is, to me, a largely theoretical kind of person, but I suppose there are some out there like that. This would be someone whose religious involvement is largely about conforming to the teachings and practices of their religion. It's totally external focused. They're about doing the right things, believing the right things. And so they go through the motions, you might say, 
but there's not much happening inside of them because of that. Now, again, that's a theoretical possibility because inevitably our beliefs and attitudes do shape us interiorly. But their focus, you might say, being so external means that for them, uh, religious involvement is largely about wearing a kind of mask. Point number two is a little farther away from the religion part, a little closer to the purely spiritual part. This is a person who is religious and spiritual. A person who seeks meaning, awakening, largely within the context of a religious tradition. Their religious tradition informs their spiritual practice. It supports and encourages their spiritual practice. Furthermore, they're part of a community that worships in some manner. They take the teachings of their religion seriously. An example of this would be Christian spirituality, for example, and I include myself in this point number two. The disciplines from the Christian tradition help one to focus their spiritual practice and develop their interior life. Okay, moving a little further toward the right, the purely spiritual part, would be spiritual with religious leanings. So, like between points number two and three, you could have 2.1, 2, 3, and I myself am uh, comfortable learning from other religious traditions. However, I try to integrate it in the context of the Christian tradition and how I understand God at work in, in terms of uh, Jesus. But point number three, spiritual with religious leanings, I think this is probably the most common spiritual but not religious position. This is someone who is not formally affiliated with the religious tradition, but they usually were at one time. Example, the fallen away Christian. They still believe in the Christian mysteries, but they don't belong to a church. Often this is due to a painful experience with the church leader or members, maybe scandals of some kind, like the sex abuse scandals in the church, uh, or perhaps religious teachings on LGBT issues alienate them. They just feel put off about it, and if they themselves have that identity, they feel unwelcome and even rejected. Sometimes these people are just plain old lax. They haven't gone to church in a while, and they have no desire to belong, but they still want some kind of spiritual practice in their life. They just don't want the obligations that come with a religious commitment. But they're still looking to grow spiritually. Often, too, people in this position number three are looking around at a variety of religions. They don't belong to any in particular, but they're very open to what we might call interspirituality, to being influenced by a variety of religious traditions. So that's a kind of an in-between position as well. And finally, there's point number four, which would be spiritual but not religious in a very pure sense. And again, that, like position number one, I think this is more theoretical. There are more people in the, uh, between three and four on that continuum than all the way over on point number four. But point number four would describe someone interested in living fully, waking up, discovering meaning, but not within any particular religion. They don't want to have anything to do with that. These people would be highly eclectic, selecting what feels right 
from a number of resources, including philosophy, psychology, and different parts of one or more world religions. There can be different unifying themes in their focus, abstract concept like non-duality, or love, or inclusivity. But these concepts are not focused in any one particular person or teaching. They're not bound to any teaching or practices. Nevertheless, they can be highly ethical and generous. The so-called secular humanist is an example, as are 12 steppers who are very focused on their higher power, but don't belong to any particular religion. Some in New Age spirituality would qualify as well, although many in New Age seem to be really working out of a Hindu kind of cosmology and spirituality. So there you have the four groups. Number one, religious but not spiritual. Number two, religious and spiritual. Number three, spiritual with religious leanings. And four, spiritual but not religious. Which of these four groups best describes your own journey or where you are at this time in your life? You might just pause this podcast now to think about that for a few moments. And now on to the question. If one can be spiritual without belonging to a religious tradition, then why belong to one? And what are some of the pitfalls of being spiritual but not religious? The answer to these questions will be different for every individual, but the assumption implicit in the question itself needs to be challenged. There is more to a religion than a pathway for spiritual awakening. Religions also provide formative teaching, support, and opportunity to be with other people in community and service. In Christianity, for example, there is emphasis on Jesus Christ as the revealer of God and the one who gives us his spirit to enable us to live the kind of life he lived. Whether many Christians actually do this is another question, but the focus in Christ provides an orientation toward God and many clarifications concerning truth and meaning. Encountering Christ also entails belonging to a community that gathers in his name, for he has promised to be in our midst when we do so. In other words, to be a Christian has, traditionally, been understood in terms not only of belief, but belonging to the Church, Christ's mystical body. There is no teaching in early or later Christianity that excuses one from this duty. Belonging to a religious tradition also challenges us to accountability to the community and its wisdom, something that a purely eclectic approach cannot do. It's easy for us to deceive ourselves picking and choosing beliefs that we like, while overlooking the hard teachings in any religion that work against our selfishness and narcissism. So religious traditions are profoundly formative, which is why they've been around for thousands of years. While it's true that some people are involved in them in only a superficial way, it's equally true to say that ignoring them leaves one in a position to have to invent for oneself what religions already provide. Perhaps it's a good thing 
for someone who's had a painful experience in a religious tradition to take a break from it for a while. One might need to work on healing and come to forgiveness. A time of questioning might also be necessary. What does one believe about the meaning in life, God, and how one is called to live? Hopefully this process of asking and seeking will lead to deepening healing and clarity, and perhaps a willingness to re-examine the role of religion in helping one to form one's spirituality. Always, we need to remember that the God of any religious tradition is greater than that religion, but nonetheless meets us there amidst all its warts and deformities, and uses its resources to grow us spiritually. That is certainly the teaching and example of Jesus, who had his own issues with the Judaism of his day, but who remained a faithful Jew until his death and taught others to follow the teachings of the same religious teachers that he criticized on numerous occasions. God can surely meet us outside of a religious tradition too, of course. At worst, we are like the lost sheep in one of Jesus' parables, and we know from that teaching that the shepherd is not only looking for us, but finds us where we are, if we allow ourselves to be found. We know, too, that when we do allow ourselves to be found, there is a community of others somewhere who share our values and who can provide support, encouragement, and guidance for the journey.